Hi, everybody. It's Melinda Gallant, and I want to welcome you to another Cape Conversations Fuzzy Slipper Edition. We've got a great show today. It's all about civility. Hmm, what a thing to talk about. Do we even know what it is anymore? I don't know. In any case, come along. Let's have another Cape Conversations. I am so delighted today to be here with the one and only David Ball, who is the re no, he's not, he's the state coordinator <laughs> of GraverAngels.org, which is a fabulous organization trying to bring civility back into our lives and start conversations. Um, David, thank you so much for being here today. Did you just do that to make me laugh? Because yeah. it worked. <laughs> yes, I did. Because God. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, well. I am delighted that you're here. So David, you're the state coordinator. What in the mm -hmm. heck does a state coordinator do for an organization called the Braver Angels? Okay, well, um, Braver Angels, which started in 2016, is a grassroots organization of maybe 12,000 people. Mm -hmm. and, um, and to help coordinate activities in each of the states, we have 50 different state coordinators. And my role in Massachusetts is, uh, to try to put on um, debates and uh, workshops and help promote <clears throat> civility in, in Massachusetts. Wonderful. Now, is this across the United States or is it, is Massachusetts the only place that's civil? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think that, that uh, people in the Commonwealth are amongst the most civil. Uh, that being said, we all have room for improvement. And uh, particularly when people uh, come from different tribes, you know, people who are conservative versus people who are liberals, um, there's always room for, for uh, more understanding and, and compassion uh, between those kind of ideologies. And you said it started in 2016, which would lead me to believe it had something to do with the election. Oh, it had everything to do with the election. <laughs> you know, it was very divisive. Uh, the, the contest between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And after that was over, um, David Blankenhorn, uh, who is a, I, I don't know that he's ever said that he's a Republican, but he strikes me as a conservative. Mm -hmm. He said, uh, well, I'd, I'd like to be able to put together 10 people that voted for Trump and 10 people who voted for Clinton and, and really kind of understand what it is about, you know, this, this, um, antagonism and animosity and lack of civility and you know how do we bring this back mm -hmm. and so he contacted uh, a uh, professor of uh, Bill Doherty does um, like family counseling ah, yeah and he produced a workshop they, they spent a weekend together uh, examining stereotypes and uh, talking about what was great about the Democratic Party or the Republican Party mm -hmm. um, and, and developing questions of authenticity. And by the end of the weekend, these people that were you know, mortal enemies um, had increased understanding and compassion and friendship wow. with people who, you know, at the beginning of the weekend, they, they wanted to tear each other's hair out. Right. So, um, so that was 2016, and, and now it's all over the country. It's the fastest growing, largest organization of its type, uh, but there's still plenty of room to grow. And 
So, David, I know that you did something here in Sandwich not too long ago. I think you moderated a meeting between the police uh, and Black Lives Matter, perhaps, or between the police and people of color. I'm, I'm not right. Sure. Right. You know, we were interested in, in whether or not um, there was all this talk about whether or not um, uh, policing was was being done equitably uh, amongst races. And, and so uh, we invited a, a local entrepreneur of color from Mashpee mm -hmm. um, to talk about her experiences um, in, in the community. And, and she said, you know, it, it may not seem like a big thing, mm -hmm. but, um, but I'd get stopped by the police and I'd ask, you know, what did you stop me for? And, and they wouldn't say. Um, and it was just well, you know, maybe you look suspicious or maybe you look like somebody else. And, and she says, right. you know, I have friends that are white and they don't get stopped. So, you know, it may seem like a small thing, but, um, but the way in which we treat each other and, and the question of whether there's systemic um, racism um, on the Cape and everywhere um, is one that we wanted to examine. And, and it, was a, it was an excellent discussion. Uh, the, the chief of police from, from Sandwich uh, was there and and he was excellent. Um, that would be Peter Wack is his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 a good police chief, I think. You know, pretty mm -hmm. fair and equitable. Um, well, as somebody who is a raging liberal <laughs> Democrat, and my audience knows that, I do believe that we need a two party system. I do need. I do think we do need to listen to each other. Um, I mean, heck, I voted for Mitt Romney. Uh, for governor, um, and and he did the flyover uh, for uh, the Sagamore Bridge, which was a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, and he gave us health care and all kinds of, of what I would call good things. Um, mm -hmm. So how do you get somebody like me, who's not radical, well, maybe a little radical, but not really radical, uh, to talk to somebody who is radical left? I mean, you know, there's all these splinter groups now. Um, and, and I know they have them on, on the left-hand side, on the liberal side too. I'm just not as familiar, even though I am one. Um, but the, the, uh, the um, oh, what, what the, uh, the, the symbol is okay. The, what are they called? The something anon. The QAnon. QAnon, that's what it is. Um, and I had no idea what that was until about five months ago and I had to look it up. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody did. Yeah, um, there are those radicals. You, how do you ever bring somebody like that to the table, or do you, or do you even try? Well, first of all, I'd like us to be able to separate ourselves from our politics. Ah. Okay, you, you are not. Uh, I mean, if, if if somebody puts you on a spectrum of mm -hmm. of your economic or or uh, you know, moral views, um, you know, you skew blue. I mean, you, 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 um, you're a progressive, you're a liberal. Yeah. Um, but that isn't all you are. No. And um, <clears throat> when the campaign is over, when it's time to, to, um, to run a country or run a state, right. um, we don't have to be just a blue person. Uh, you know, uh, uh, being blue is 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 a way to campaign for an election. And when the election is over, we should be done with that stuff. Right. Um, you know, can you talk to your neighbor who voted for Donald Trump? Um, I certainly hope so. Um, you know, I, I wanted to share with you, I, I saw this on CNN this morning. 
Um, this is uh, the dean of, of Virginia Wesleyan University. Mm -hmm. And he wrote, uh, if you were ignorant, anti-American and anti-Christian enough to vote for Biden, I really don't want to be your social friend in, on social media. Uh, the alleged post said, I wouldn't hang out with you in real life and I don't wanna hang out with you virtually either. You've corrupted the election. You've corrupted our youth. You've corrupted our country. I have standards and you don't meet them. Please remove yourself. Whoa, whoa. So this is the Dean of, of Virginia Wesleyan University. Is he um, still he, there? I'm sorry? Is he still there? He's not, he's not. So uh, he deleted the post and the college um, asked for his resignation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, irrespective of, you know, I, I, I look at that and I imagine, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, could you have imagined somebody saying something like that? Um, in that I mean, he, I'm in that, sorry? In that position. Well, in that position. So, so um, to be sure, there, there's, there's a question about, you know, his employer looking at him and saying, hmm, you're calling this guy anti-Christian and he's the president-elect. Um, but, but past that, the idea that, that this guy is so passionate that, you know, anybody who, uh, who pulled a lever for this guy to get this job for the next four years, um, I don't want anything to do with you. It's crazy, right? Right. It's crazy. It's so we need, we need to see people as our neighbors and as fellow Americans. And uh, the idea that if you had two people who could get a job and you chose one over the other, that somehow that means that you are anti-American and anti-Christian and godless and I can't have anything to do with you and never speak to me again and you can't be invited to Thanksgiving. <laughs> you can't be invited to Thanksgiving now anyway. Well, that's, that's for some, <laughs> that's for a different reason, but um, I don't know. We, yeah, we, we, we need to be able to, to, um, to separate the red blue from from us being people, I mean the red blue the 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 purpose of that is to win elections and um, and I, I think you know th there are Republicans that you could support uh, i don 't know how you feel about our governor, but um, well, I, like, I like Baker yeah, so do I yeah. so do I yeah. um, We had uh, one of our organizers for um, a red blue workshop uh, who ran for office this this month um and she's now one of our state representatives and i supported her and i sent her a check and she's a republican mm -hmm. and um it, it's because i know who she is as a person you know it, it's it's right it's because i didn't just look and say oh well it's red and you know i'm not red or something right 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 well i do wonder though is this very similar to to humankind throughout time um, when, you know, the Irish came over here, they were, you know, they were, you know, beat down because they were Irish. No, we right. don't bother to apply if you're Irish. Um, um, Jewish people, the same thing. Of course, the bla Blacks have been that way forever, it seems like, uh, since the beginning of the country. Native Americans. So have we just taken all that kind of, um, all those feelings uh, and tribalism to new heights where now it's more it's broader it's um you don't think like me it's not that you don't only not look like me uh you know you may put your pants on the same way i do but 
you don't think like me and you need to think like me. Is it that or is it, I mean, has it always been there? I mean, that's what I'm wondering. Well, I I think there's some different forces going on. Um, You know, our economics and our justice system um, is is based on, um, on who has power. You know, and the people who have the power are the people that make the laws. And the people behind those people, the people pulling those strings, are the people that get them elected. So uh, lobbyists and big corporations and uh, powerful people who um, are able to uh, get people elected, get people to vote certain ways, and uh, create laws that, that, uh, that favor you know, certain groups or, or certain policies, um, that's how we maintain our economic system. And um, I'm getting far afield here. Uh, (laughs) Well, what what I wanted to say was, I I think what's different about this stuff Mm -hmm. is um, we're impacted not only economically and and morally in terms of our our religion and and our our values, uh, but the technology today, uh, the social, social media, uh, amplifies voices and, and the television talking heads, they um, seek to divide us. And, and, and by that, what I mean is, if somebody came on the TV and said, you know what, the other side really isn't that bad. You know, we, we really can all kind of get together and I don't think there's really a problem. That isn't what you hear, yeah. okay? You have somebody who gets on and says, you know what, the country is in crisis, and if you don't send me a check right now, if we don't stop them right now, if you don't get me elected right now, then the country is lost. We, we have to win. This is existential. This is the most important time ever. Well, and that's and you, have to, yeah. you have to write us a big check, and it needs to be a monthly check, and we have to keep going until we step on these people's necks until they're dead. You know? And that's what's happening. We're having this hyper-partisanship where, you know, if you look at that, that, uh, that Dean's comments about being, you know, he's anti, you know, he's anti-Christian and he's anti-American and all, does he really think that? You know, I, I, I think we, we've just kind of spun out of control and, and, and social media um, and, and the television set have um, encouraged that. And, okay. and we need to move away from we, we just, um, you know who your neighbor is. They're a decent, hardworking person. They love this country. Uh, their children have played with your children. Um, the fact that, that we get all worked up during political season, we can't let that divide our country. Hmm. Um, and, and I agree with you. I will say, I think um, what that Dean did, what is so disturbing to me is he is a person in power. He has, he has the power and um, he used that in the most despicable way and uh, to spread his own, you know, beliefs, which to me are skewed, especially if you're talking about Biden, who's Catholic for God's sakes. And goes <laughs> yeah, that is, days. that is kind of, that is kind of a funny person to be calling, you know, non-Christian. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know, you know, he wasn't at commencement saying these kinds of things. No, you know, I know. On the guy's uh, was, private Facebook page, yeah. but he is a role model, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and 
you know, what sort of, of um, behaviors do we want to, to emulate? Right. And, and being kind and, and showing consideration to people um, should be who we are. Well, and having empathy. I mean, empathy has been lost somewhere in all of this, and I, I'm not quite sure where it went. I don't know. People want empathy. Was doesn't matter which side you're on. Doesn't matter if you're a woman for Trump or a woman for Biden. You both want empathy if something happens to you or something happens to your family or, or about your thoughts and, and your hopes and your dreams. You both you want people to have empathy for you, and it just seems to have flown out the window. Do you talk about that yeah. in the workshops? Um, no, no, really what the workshops are about, uh, the skills workshop has four different pieces to it. Uh, the first one is figuring out when's a good time to have a talk. So imagine if you wanted to discuss some subject and the person in front of you is beat red and they've just been yelling and they're like about to lose it. That's probably not the right time. Right? Yeah. So, so the first is, is to kind of figure out that now's a good time to talk. Uh, the second one is uh, is learning how to actively listen. Um, if if you're not listening, then the other person has to spend all of their effort continually telling you their thing until they know that you got it. So if you start out by saying, you know what, I'd really be interested in knowing what you think about this. Can you tell me why is it that you support this policy? They know that you respect them. They know that you want to understand. They know that you're listening. You right. actively listen, you know, you, you paraphrase and you say, is this what you're saying? Mm -hmm. When they're going, yeah, yeah, you understand me, then they don't feel like they have to spend that energy to do it. The third thing is to effectively speak. So instead of me telling you, you know what? Global warming is a fact and anybody that doesn't believe it is stupid, <laughs> all right? Yeah. If I start out with that, the first thing you're gonna say is, you know what, I'm not stupid. Second of all, it isn't a fact, all right? And you know, we're gonna have that argument. Mm -hmm. Instead, what's, what's more effective is if I said, you know what, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about the amount of gun violence. I'm concerned about uh, rising sea levels. I'm concerned, you know, when you use I statements, there's nothing to argue about, okay? Right. What you're saying is I'm worried and this is what I'm worried about and this is why I'm worried about it. And then we can have a, a, you know, a rational discussion. Sure. And the fourth thing you learn in the skills workshop is how to get out of an argument. Some people don't wanna even discuss it because they're like, you know what, if I get started on this, it's never gonna end or we're never gonna to speak to each other. Um, and we don't want you to be fearful of that. There are, there are ways of saying, you know what, I feel like every time I make this point, you get into this whatism, or you know, you spin out and start talking about something else. And and at some point, you can just say, you know what, this is just getting us upset. We're going to have to talk about this another time. Or I got to go. It's late. Uh, there are ways of of getting out of a conversation. Um, so that's the skills workshop, and the the red blue workshop, which is my favorite, uh, is one in which you take seven to 10 reds, seven to 10 blues, you put them together and you, you look at stereotypes. So you brainstorm a bunch of stereotypes, you pick four or five of them and you say, well, you, you put all your reds together and you say, well, you know, why is it that they call you racist? Or you put your blues together and you say, why do they call you elitist? Mm -hmm. you know, and you have to 
answer that. So it, it's pretty easy for them. They say, well, you know, I'm not racist because, you know, and then you say, well, where's the kernel of truth? Right. Where does that come from? Why are you labeled as that? And the other side is not. Mm -hmm. And when they think about it, they go, well, you know, there are some talking heads on TV that are pretty strident. Or, well, there was Charlottesville and there were some, uh, you know, um, skinheads that were there and they identified themselves uh, as comfortable in the GOP. Right. So, you know, for whatever, there's a reason that stereotypes exist. Right. So we examine those and, and we, we kind of open up that up and unpack it. Uh, the next thing we do is, uh, I call it a fly in the wall exercise, where mm -hmm. you put all the Democrats together in a circle and you ask them two questions. You say, what is it about your party that's great for America? And they talk about it. Yeah, and then you, <laughs> What's that? A big list. That's right. It's a big <laughs> list. It takes forever. Um, and then you ask them, what's wrong with your party? You know, and then they'll, you know, grouse about whatever it is that, that you know, the warts and all. Yeah. And you've got the Republicans on the outside just watching, mm -hmm. just listening to people who know about being blue and what's great about it and what's not yeah. so great about it. Yeah. And then you switch and then you have the, you know, you have the conservatives sitting in a circle. So that's the fly on the wall one. And then the third thing that's done in a red-blue workshop is uh, questions of authenticity. So when, um, when one, I want to have a conversation with somebody who's of a different tribe, um, generally my questions are not authentic questions. My questions are like, why are you so stupid? You know, why could, how could you possibly have done that? You know, right. those aren't questions of authenticity. No. What you really want is questions where I really want to know the answer. You could really answer the question and ones that don't have a lot of, um, assumptions based on them. Um, so if I want to know about immigration, for example, uh, you know, I wouldn't say, uh, you know, obviously you can't, uh, uh, you know, take 11 million people and push them all across the border. You know, once I start throwing all kinds of assumptions into it, you have to start addressing the assumptions. So right. it, it turns out that it takes a long time and a lot of thought to come up with real questions of curiosity. Mm -hmm. But we do that and we write them down and then we put the two groups back together and we have them ask and answer those questions. And think about it, what a wonderful gift to be able to sit across from somebody who doesn't think like you, who doesn't agree with you, that you really have a question about, that you really wanna know the answer, that they can really answer and they answer it for you. So uh, these workshops and the debates that we do they're wonderful. So uh, I encourage people who have an interest in civility and kind of depolarizing America um, to check out braverangels.org. So if I were a Rotary Club or whatever, how would I get to you through braverangels.org? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can certainly contact me directly. It's D as in David, Ball, B-A-L-L. -L. So it's dball at braverangels.org. So David, how did you get started doing this? I mean, obviously you didn't graduate from high school, college and say, gee, I want to be somebody who. <laughs> well, um, I, I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook, but I found myself um, seeing these ugly memes that, uh, you know, about the other side 
and I would see that and I'd go, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's really going to sting. That's going to burn. And, and, and I would, you know, I would forward those. And after a while, I, I'm thinking to myself, is this who I am? Yeah. Someone who just, you know, throws ugly comments around and, and, and what am I accomplishing? Am I just annoying the other side? Am I like convincing them to be somebody different? Right. So it's just, it's, I mean, talk about un-American, talk about uh, things that are just, it's not good. Yeah. And, and I saw the, the Braver Angels thing. It was called Better Angels at the time. And because um, it was talking about the better angels of our nature, you know, right. that, that, um, that we can't be enemies. We have to be friends. Right. Um, and it's a, it's a wonderful group. Uh, they, right. the, the, the key to their success, their secret sauce, is that at every level, uh, they are as much blue as they are red. Okay, from the top down, if right. you look at their, their structure. Purple. What's that? It makes them purple. Well, yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny. We, we have people that come and they say, you know, I really don't lean one way or the other. Right. Um, I'm, sometimes I fall on the red side, sometimes on the blue side. And there are some people like that, but there are very few. Mm, really? There are very few. So what did you do before this, though? What, I mean, what was your life before? Have you always lived in Massachusetts? Have you always, you haven't always done this. You did other things. I'm oh, yeah, I'm, um, yeah, I'm a retired, uh, I'm retired from the military. I was a flight nurse in the Air Force. Huh. And uh, most of my career, I was in uh, Charleston in South Carolina for huh. about 20 years. Wow. Uh, I'm originally from Natick, and, and I moved back here. My parents are getting a little older. I uh, need a little help with the grocery shopping. And, and so I live in Framingham. Oh, excellent. Excellent. And so you, this, you found this and you found it really interesting and decided, hey, I want to organize stuff. Is that what you do? Well, um, I see my principal role <clears throat> as, um, as finding uh, red voices. You know, it's easy to find a Democrat that wants to talk about politics. You know, that, there's, there's, yes. there's no challenge in that. Right. Uh, liberals love to talk. Um, but conservatives, um, they generally uh, keep their own counsel. You know, they're, they're, they're not interested in, um, in sitting around and schmoozing. That's not their idea of a good time. Um, but if you, if you ask them what they think and they feel like you're going to respect them, you're going to hear them out and, and give it consideration, then they're willing to talk. And so I feel that my principal role in Massachusetts is in a very blue state. To, to find red people that want to come together and, uh, and help to bring the country back together. That's wonderful. Well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need help. It's a big job. It's it a is. Big job for sure. Um, I want to thank you for taking your time today with me. Uh, BraverAngels.org, David Ball, mm -hmm. State Coordinator. <laughs> no. You got it right. Stop right there. Oh, okay. Is that, is that why you are a state coordinator? You're something. I like, am the state coordinator for Braver Angels. You are the state coordinator, not regional. <laughs> Good job. Well, you know, I'm telling you, at least one thing is my audience knows that if there's a mistake to be made or some, some goofy thing to do, 
I will do it. I always raise my hand. So Goofy is okay on your show. Okay. <laughs> That's right. It's my show. Eh. Um, again, thank you so much. Very interesting. And I hope people contact you. I hope groups contact you. I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful if our civic organizations contact you, you to do a seminar or a training session on civility? Hello. Yeah. And, and, you know, we do a lot more, you know, I talked about, uh, the the red and blue workshop and, and the skills workshop, but there are all different kinds of things that 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 Braver Angels uh, offers now. There's a uh, depolarizing from within. That's just where you have a bunch of blues sit around and work on on themselves. There's uh, a new program called uh, and malice towards none. Uh, things related to the the uh, post election mm -hmm. and us coming together as a uh, country and and a lot of um, churches. Are, are doing programs. So there are programs that, that Braver Angels can do. If you contact Braver Angels and say, I want to do something like this, um, I'll help you do it. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Well, it's been nice chatting with you today. A pleasure. Thank you so much. It's a beautiful day here on Cape Cod. I think it's probably beautiful up there too. And because um, I'm talking to you in Framingham, right? Yeah, there are a lot of leaves out in the yard. I'm going to go out and rake them. Oh, there you go. Well, that'll get those endorphins going so you... you <laughs> is that what it is? Anyway, thank you again. You've been delightful, and I really appreciate it. Melinda, thank you so much. Good day. Good day. Okay, we're out. Thank you so, okay. much. so much. Oh, it was a pleasure. Did we get a tape this time? Yeah, you will this time, because I... <laughs> Well, of course, I didn't change my name from Paula. That'll be up for them. No, but, you know, we could do this every week. You know, we could just keep <laughs> pretending that, that, yeah. uh, that it it's being work. taped. I know. It was fun. It's fun. Anyhow, you have a good day. You too. And uh, I promise I won't call you again unless in a year, maybe. We'll, we'll see where you are in a year. I promise you can call me anytime. And, okay. and you know, the, the wonderful things about what's happening with Braver Angels, is they're doing so many different kinds of things. And I'm working with groups, not necessarily about a program that Braver Angels is doing, but just, you know, a, a, a chance to, to talk about how we, um, how we're able to interact sure. and, and, and still be red and blue. Sure. So, um, you know, if you, if you see a place where it, it's appropriate to have a facilitator or just somebody talk about stuff, I'm happy to do it. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. You stay, stay safe. I know you know to wear a mask because you're a nurse. I, yeah. I don't have to tell you because I always tell everybody. So um, again, thank you again so, so much. I really appreciate it. Sure. You have a good day. You too. Take care. David Ball, oh, state coordinator for the Braver Angels. Wow. Nice man. Knows his stuff and works on bringing people together and understanding each other. You don't have to think alike. You just need to understand what each other is saying. I want to thank you for joining me today. It was wonderful having you with me, and I'll catch you another time on another Cape Conversations.